Well, great afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for joining our podcast today. I hope that this Thursday has found everyone well. And uh, we have a fabulous guest, actually, for our show today, um, the wonderful Natasha Wright. And we're definitely into health and wellness. And this is actually uh, going to really surprise a lot of you. It's something, uh, a profession that she has that uh, not very many people know much about. And it's just kind of like a hidden treasure. And she is um, honorably uh, accepting our invitation to speak with us today on that. And uh, Natasha is a certified holistic doula, which we will find a whole lot more about. Uh, she has a wellness program uh, creator, and uh, she works with pre and postnatal mothers. Uh, she's a certified and licensed massage therapist. Uh, she's done some international travels to Malaysia for some pretty rigorous training regimens. And she is going to speak with us a lot more about today and about her purpose and passion uh, with her career. Uh, hi, Natasha. How are you? Hi, Justina. Hi, everyone. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me today. Actually, yes, we are really, really excited to hear what you have to say and honored that you're here on the call with us today. So tell us, Natasha, a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, well, I am 32 years old. I have uh, two successful businesses. I've launched the Oso Wellness Company and the Right Doula Company, uh, both as, you know, the massage therapist and certified doula. I have always been a true supporter of people, lover of people, um, mothers. I just always had a soft spot for them. And I've learned over the years, you know, like just being genuine in your work opens so many doors for you, you know, and I am so grateful that the doors that have opened for me have led me to places overseas and just in front of some really amazing people. I am a teacher and uh, I make a very crafty person. So I make a lot of um like different salves and balms and uh, oils. And I make a really yummy uh, elderberry syrup. And I'm just here to really serve my community and to increase uh, the visibility of doulas out here and those who support birth. Um, yeah, I love it so, so much. I love the growth uh, that I'm allowed to experience um, in entrepreneurship in the maternity care industry and just uh, out here uh, in our community in general. So it's been a really cool ride so far. I've been doing this about three, about three years solid uh, professionally. So it's been pretty cool. Wonderful, wonderful. And it seems like you really have a heart for people and society. And those are the types of people that we attract in our industry. And how long approximately have you been involved in caregiving or the medical field in general? Yeah, so going back to, we'll say it's kind of divided, right? It's like professionally, it's a little uh, under 15 years, but my whole life, I've really been called to be a healer um, and just a person that people have often sought relief or comfort in, whether it's through like a laugh, or, um, you know, kind of some firm conversation or things like that. But professionally, I've been in the medical field in uh, various different roles for about 15 years now. 
since I was 17. So. Wow, that that's incredible. Thank you. I, we appreciate all of our medical professionals and support teams. And uh, without you, we don't know what we, we would do, honestly, and especially in today's times. So thank you so much for your service in that area, Natasha. For sure. Thank you so much. Yeah, I love it. Love everything about it. Yes. And we're going to talk a little bit today about your newest adventure or contribution, uh, which is a doula, which I'm sure there are some listeners that may not know exactly what that is. Why don't you share with us a little bit about that profession and what gave you the passion to get involved in becoming one? Yeah. So a doula is in the Latin term, it is a woman that cares for a woman who's just given birth right so it used to denote to like a woman slave or female slave but that's not what it's meant it's meant those who are of service to women so um that's kind of the the first part of it and I became a doula back in 2017 professionally um but I realized that I've kind of been doing this my whole life I've always taken care of newborns and my neighbor's children and things like that so I've always kind of was drawn to like postpartum care and things um I've even had some encounters uh, back in high school where I was taking care of or helping my friends who got pregnant there uh until they delivered and I've even attended like some bereavement care I had a friend of mine who lost her baby at nine months was stillborn so I didn't realize it but I was providing a uh, bereavement care at the time so being a doula and having this amazing uh, opportunity to care for mothers, it's, it's been quite a journey. It's, it started as a, I don't know, like a call kind of, like a really like a call to do something further and a little bit more um, specialized, right? So I, um, I love massage. I got introduced to other mothers and um other people uh, through that field and that kind of gave birth if you will (laughs) into um into this doula world and it's been a pretty cool cool experience so as a doula you're there to attend and be there with a mother in her prenatal time which is usually from plus time plus sign to first wave right um and into her labor uh, which is all of the uh, active parts, right? So all of the contractions, all of the motions that gets baby here. And then um, I also work in postpartum. So that's once baby's here and um, well until a couple of months or years thereafter, I still have some moms that I started with that still call me from time to time uh, with for postpartum help. So it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool thing. Wow, wonderful. So it sounds like you've always just had a heart for people and caring for infants and mothers, and it was really a natural thing for you, and you decided to take it to a professional level and help women uh, that are actually uh, wanting to conceive and, and taking care of them after the conception process. Yeah, for sure. Like working in the hospitals, you know, I've worked with all the demographics. So from newborns to the elderly, right? Like I I loved working with the elderly. They have the best stories. But in that space of caring for babies, you have to, in essence, care for their mom, you know, because that's who's coming to see them. You have to care for their parents. Uh, 
that, you know, that are there for them. So it has kind of been a very fluid transition. Uh, I just wanted to add a more professional take on it. And I think back in the 1980s or so, 70s, that's when um, doulas started to get like their name, right, as, as a whole separate thing. But the professionalism of it um, has really been kind of a new wave thing. So I'm, I'm really digging it and I like it. That's awesome. Did you have a mentor or a doula per se that kind of shadowed you along the way or anyone in particular that you certify this particular service? Yeah, I mean, aside from moms, you know, themselves that are definitely, <laughs> definitely the, uh, the motivation, right? Um, I could say that my mom has been a great, uh, a great role model in that way. My mom also, she was a caregiver for many people. And I just watched her um, be of service in a way uh, to, to all the people that she came in contact with. And I just was like, I always thought moms and, and people were superheroes. So I was like, how can I help them? How can I help them be better? How can I help them show up, um, you know, for themselves and things? I ran into some very phenomenal women last year that just blew me away and have since become, like you said, like a mentor um, in this birth world. And that was amazing. When I got out of, out of my training, I didn't really have that. So um, getting and acquiring a few people, shout out to Gina Kirby and to Leslie Everest and um, Hermine Klein. I appreciate you guys. You have been um, truly, truly impactful on this path. Dr. Akua, my, my um, instructor, everyone, like it's been really cool. And just moms I meet every day. Yeah, great. That's, that's exciting. And it's really good when we can actually uh, live the life that we want, our passions, our goals, what we think we're called to do, and to actually have that opportunity, unfortunately, is very rare nowadays in careers. Most people don't really like what they do, but it pays the bills, it saves a little money, which is all great. But yeah, we're really fortunate that we're able to do something that we have the passion to do and make a living doing it. Yeah, I remember um, in high school, I had a teacher that said something to me. And I was 17 years old, but I remember it very clearly. And I've heard it, you know, reiterated since. And it was like, if you find something that you love to do, you'll never work a day in your life. And, you know, that sat with me. And even as life has gone on, even working in the hospitals and all the things that I've done, I've always done what I loved. So it didn't ever really feel like work. It always felt like an extension of who I am anyway. And you just happen to get <laughs> you happen to get paid for it, you know, like you happen to get um, to be able to take care of your family with those same gifts and things like that. So that was always a cool trade off. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. And I, I would have to second that for myself as well. And I'm really fortunate to be able to live my passion and are in doing the same thing. So that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Yes. What do you enjoy most? I know this is going to be a really kind of a, a challenging question, but what do you enjoy most about this nurturing profession of being a doula? Okay. <laughs> You're absolutely right when you say that this is uh, kind of a heavy one, but I can honestly say that the part that I, that I enjoy the most about it is um, actually being present for birth 
I love, I love, love, love to be able to care for a mom. Like I love it in labor. I don't think I've seen anything more empowering or more strengthening or more magical than to watch a mom labor, to watch her go through the waves, right? The each stages of all of it and still urging herself forward to keep moving forward because the goal, which is to have a delivery that she's proud of to have her baby in her arms um, after all of this is her driving force. And I think to be part of that, to be privy to that space um, and to get that access has just been the most, man, just the most amazing part of it. I enjoy second to that would obviously be like caring for them afterward, watching them kind of knit themselves back together, me helping with that. So it's two parts, but definitely um, being there to, to, to witness and to support them during labor, for sure. Great, great. And if you could highlight one thing, Natasha, uh, that your profession does to enhance your life personally, it's going to put a little twist on it. What do you think that thing is? Man, <laughs> you know, this work keeps me on my toes. There is nothing more unexpected than birth, nothing more unplanned or anything, right? Like <laughs> even when you think you have a plan, which, you know, we talk about birth plans and things, but even when you think that you have um, a plan for it, it's, it's still, it keeps you going. So I'm always kind of staying in this perpetual space of checking in with myself to make sure that I'm bringing my best self forward to my clients, um, it's expanding my compassion for others and other people's situations. It just has really made me an all around more um, grounded and rooted and connected person. And it keeps me being a product of the product. I want to be that which I promote, right? I wanna be healthy and healed and whole and happy and things like that. And so I'm constantly checking in with myself to make sure that that is the energy that I not not only embody, but that I'm also promoting. So it keeps me going. Yes, and that's beautiful. When we can look back and say, am I living what I'm teaching? Mm -hmm. yeah. Living what I'm expressing to others. And as long as that's congruent, like you said, every time is going to be a new experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. But it, one, two, three, it's like, okay, every single birth is different. There's going to be different dynamics to every experience, which makes it just kind of like exploratory in a way. Totally. Totally. It's like if you come there with all of your pieces and you come there um, more full than you are empty, more whole than you are um, not, right? Then you tend to be able to handle any change that comes up. Me working with the families, we're talking from a whole perspective, right? So it's like, I want them to know that when we show up, when it's time to birth, we're showing up as informed and empowered people. And with that, whatever's coming, we have our, we have our plan, we have all of these things in order, um, we can tackle anything, even if it's not on this paper, even if it's something that was completely unforeseen, we have the skills to do so. And I think that that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Yes, indeed. And we talked a little bit about this birth plan. And this is something that I just find literally just like amazing. Uh, you did 
uh, a live, I believe, last weekend that I was tuned into. And the whole thing was I was just floored by the whole live conversation. And the one thing that really triggered me was this thing called a birth plan <laughs> to where mother from beginning to end or beginning to the beginning or new birth yeah. of her child is a better way to, to put that. Yeah. Uh, there's actually, she has a word and how she wants it to play out, so to speak. Yeah. Can you to us a little bit about what what an actual birth plan is yeah so in 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 basic terms a birth plan is a written or a visual guide for the preference for your personal preferences for your labor your delivery and your postpartum experience um it's something that we start immediately you know with my clients we're already talking about what they want it to look like and i you know it doesn't matter at what what phase they call me but um, we're already planning. And so in that birth plan, it talks about where you're going to give birth. Maybe you'll be at a hospital, maybe you'll be at home, maybe you'll be at a birth center. Who will be in the room with you? Where, you know, who's allowed in your space? And that's so important um, because, you know, uh, everyone needs to know who's allowed in your room. And then therefore, if someone who shows up is not on this list, is not on this paper, then they're, ha you know, then we're able to enforce it a little bit differently. Uh, what you want your room to look like. Do you want good lighting or dim lighting? Do you want music playing? Do you want, you know, essential oils going? And then more serious um, than that, what interventions are you open to? Which ones are you not open to? Do you want like uh, an example of that would be, uh, I would want, I want my waters to, to rupture naturally as opposed to, um, you know, you can rupture my waters if needed, right? Or freedom of movement as opposed to staying in bed. Those things are these, uh, and like uh, what medications you would want, what pain, you know, what sort of pain comfort measures are you into and, and all of those things. And how do you want to be handled? How do you want them to do with your baby immediately upon delivery? You know, those certain things we talk about it in such an in-depth way because it matters so much because all of these little choices, they knit themselves together around an ideal experience that a mother, that a mother can get behind, right? She's like, oh, it's on my paper. I can do it. These are the details that impact the whole thing. And we all, mm -hmm. yeah. So and we plan for emergencies as well. So it's, it's a whole thing um, designed to give um, comfort, support, education, um, as well as enlightenment to the doctors and things like that who are caring for her. Mm -hmm. It's a very cool part of it. Great, great. Now, can you give us like a brief description, if you can, <laughs> kind of like the elevator pitch, the 10 or 20 second uh, thing, if you could give us like what a typical nine month period looks like from beginning to the date of birth yeah. uh, for the baby. What does that look like? Each trimester, uh, different phases that may um, entail something within a certain trimester. What does that look like? Yeah, um, when I'm working with a client, I, I really try to, to bond with them immediately in a way. Like I want them to know who I am, what I'm there for. So whether they call me at week, 12 or they call me at week 36 or 39 which has happened <laughs> um it all kind of starts <laughs> with the consult i want to know their goals i want to know their desires i need to know where they're headed postpartum who's going to be there those certain things 
And over the next couple months or weeks or even days, <laughs> we are meeting, talking, discussing, expanding on their plan, setting up the foundation of education and care. We talk about comfort measures. We pull in their support teams. We have the tougher conversations about, about complications and emergencies. And we're gathering all of the tools that are needed, both for baby and for mom, both for labor and for after, you know. Um, and we tend to, I like to keep around week 36 or so is when I try to want to meet with them similar to like their doctor's visit. So they go every week. I want to speak with them every week. It doesn't have to be in person, but at least we're talking, updating and things like that. We do massage. Once labor starts, uh, I'm there with my doula bag in hand. We're doing labor support together until it's time to either transfer to the hospital or until the midwife comes or until it's time to push baby in some cases of um, like unassisted. So I'm a huge, huge, huge supporter of laboring at home. So I, uh, even though the next parts and how things go once labor is at a place for pushing changes for everyone, um, I, we're just there. I, I want my mothers and uh, my clients to know that I see them, that I, um, that they are cared for and that I stand by them. I trust them. So that's what we're spending over those nine months, nine weeks, nine days <laughs> uh, process of getting to know them and where they're headed so that I can do my best to guide them. Mm. Great, great. And what role do you think among many, I'm sure, does the mother-to-be play in her own experience in that nine-month period? Yeah, in, in one word, it's vital right? The role that she plays in this experience is you are the vessel, right? You're more than just the vessel, but you are the vessel. So anything that's coming in is going to have a product, right? Whether it's your thoughts, your emotions, your diet, um, your environment, things like that, they all play a part um, in helping you to, you know, accept and enjoy your pregnancy. So if she's getting what she desires, which is the support, the education, the freedom to express or to make decisions without judgment, um, and that she's being cared for and acknowledged, then that makes all the difference in her nine months. It makes all the difference in how she sees herself um, as a mother, as a woman, or as you know, um, the one that is birthing. It creates a strong base of support for her both within herself and with her environment, because a strong mom, a strong, uh, you know, mental presence, emotional presence, physical presence can just make all the difference in um, how this, how your pregnancy goes, you know, as, as you know, yeah. doctors, they have their ideas of how things should go. Um, not so much midwives, sometimes they do, but not so much, but, you know, all these people have their input, but, Right now, it, it matters how she's taking that information in. So she's vital in all of it, in the care and the outcome of her child. I think that's why they feel so much pressure sometimes, because they understand kind of the weight of motherhood, if you will. Yes. Yeah, I can totally understand that. And what <clears throat> what role do you think their spouse or significant other partner yeah. plays into this whole process as well. Man, you know, having a supportive spouse makes, <laughs> whoa, can make all the difference in all of it, right? You don't feel judged. You feel like we're in this as a team. 
everyone is um, surrounding you in, in love and they understand what uh, your desires are, your comfort measures, what you're open to. Having a, a spouse that is truly present and engaged in the work makes the whole house run smoother. It makes the process go better. A lot of times in my experiences with um, dads or the spouses, they tend to kind of be forgotten about in the room. And it's not, you're not, you're viewed as important, but you're not the baby and you're not the mom. And so therefore the energy uh, or the amount of um, investment that people put into the spouses is kind of limited. And I, as a doula, I work to bridge those gaps. I want them involved. I want them to be as involved as they truly desire to be. Um, because like I always say, you know, uh, when, when a mother is pregnant, when a woman is pregnant, the whole house is pregnant. Everybody's pregnant. Everyone's feeling it. Everyone is dealing with it. And so it's best to, and, you know, invite them and to prepare them along the way as well, for sure. Yeah, I really like that. You know, the whole house is pregnant. If there's other children, yeah. say, in the home, I'm thinking about that. That is very true. It's like, okay, mommy's pregnant, so we're all mm -hmm. pregnant. And we're all going to feel that dynamic within our own role here uh, in the household. Sure. And I really like the fact that you put the, the father or the, the spouse into it. Uh, he's just as much as a contributor, mm -hmm. obviously, as the mother. And it can be to where he looks, he's treated a little uh, less important, mm -hmm. if you will, because it becomes all about the mother and the baby. So that's really something to be mindful of. I, I'm just now realizing when you express that, how he can kind of be put on the back burner when he's equally important. And I mean, yeah, if, if, if it were not <laughs> for, you know, um, <laughs> The, the addition there, you know, that would be a thing. So being able to plan together, being able to discuss um, all of the things builds confidence and companionship, right? So everyone can relax into this pregnancy and feel like a part of it. And a lot of times, you know, because, you know, mama's pregnant or whoever, you know, they're pregnant, uh, the other person just becomes like the chief care provider, like the chief, uh, you know, breadwinner in the house. So it's kind of like how mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm breaking my back, if you will, for my work, for my family, and then I'm not even considered, you know, um, and that yeah. that's really it's it can be very uh, disheartening for them. So I've I've made it my business to integrate every person that's going to touch or be involved with this mother um, into the process of caring for her and in caring for themselves, because everybody matters because that everyone's going to rally around this baby. So I'm always, you know, where's the team? Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, that that's excellent. And that comes with experience. I would imagine in your, your profession is to make sure everyone is involved because everyone is valuable with their own. Totally. Clients. Yeah. In my experiences, um, even working in the hospitals and things like that, I've seen just such, better outcomes when the whole family can get behind a diagnosis or when the whole family can get around a pregnancy, get their mind around it, get their heart around it. Um, I've seen just dramatic and um, very positive outcomes for everyone involved. When everyone that is connected has a role, feels affirmed in their place, um, 
feels confident in what is going to happen. They feel informed. It makes all the difference. Everybody moves a lot better, truly better. Yeah, I can, I can totally see that. And uh, you had expressed to me that you see your clients as a whole person. And that's a very interesting statement. Can you elaborate a little? Yeah, um, as a holistic doula, um, we're kind of trained to look at the whole, right? We're looking at the mental, we're looking at the physical, the emotional, the spiritual. Um, We're looking at all of these components. And even as a massage therapist, to be honest, and I'm sure you can agree that even if someone, you know, whenever someone's coming to you, we're not just dealing with whatever they're coming to us with. We're dealing with all the circumstances that brought them there. So looking at a person as a whole person, it means that no matter to what degree something is functioning or not functioning, you're still a complete picture. So what's going on? Are there, are there areas where we could, you know, add a little color? Are there areas that maybe need to be erased or reformatted and things like that? Sure. But you're whole. We're dealing right now in a community, in, in a world where everyone is striving to still be enough. I just want to be enough. And and, and in my eyes, mothers, families, people in general are the evidence of the enoughness. You are enough because you are here, you know, and hearing it directly towards mothers and families. It's like she believed that she was enough to have a baby and now she's pregnant. She believed she was enough to carry a baby to full term. And now she's here awaiting the baby's arrival. She is enough to move heaven and earth to bring her baby forward. Her milk supply is enough. Her technique is enough. Her attitude is enough. And um, her and the baby are enough. She's enough to own her decision. So it's all of this wholeness of you're not lacking anything. And to be honest, I wouldn't be doing you any favors if I catered to something that is not true for the situation. So I'm going to see you as whole. I'm going to see you as capable. And I'm going to honor you there. And that's it. So it's like seeing them as a whole person, you are able to give them challenges or give them tests, not even really tests, but give them goals. And you trust them to be able to get them or or, or to be able to achieve it, or at the very least, um, look at it, acknowledge it so that we can move forward and through it. So I don't, I don't cut them any chances. (laughs) No slack. That is, that is so excellent. You're, you're totally dialed into what you do and you understand all the aspects of what you do. Your experience level has definitely been proven and everything you say is just right exactly the way that it should be. And that's something that we learn over time, I'm sure, how to bring all those dynamics together and help empower her to know, okay, we've accomplished this, we've accomplished that. And little by little, it just builds up more and more Mm -hmm. empowerment and certainty. Yes, for sure. For sure. So speaking of empowerment, um, how does it empower the, the, the uh, mother to know that her wishes will be acknowledged? We're kind of going back to maybe the birth yeah. plan. Uh, I'm historically, women may not know what their options are or what they have a right to during their birth. They walk in the hospital, the medical clinic, or uh, maybe a natural facility uh, birth and not really know that they have a say-so on how things can go. Can you explain a little 
about how she can feel empowered knowing that she has a say-so in her birth experience? Absolutely. Um, like anyone, when you feel acknowledged, you feel affirmed, you feel accepted, you feel supported. And that's mm -hmm. across the board, right? You feel heard. And in essence, all of those words feel heard, acknowledged, they all go to the word safe. And when a person feels safe, they feel safe in their journey. They feel safe in their decision, right? It opens them up. They're able, they, they get confidence. It, it begins to restore them to a place of confidence and of inner love because I feel safe here. I'm at home here. When I look to my doula or when I look to my partner or when I speak to my doctor and they acknowledge what it is that I'm saying, when they affirm to me and then play back to me that which I am saying and then we're able to do it, I feel safe. And that yeah. is why I can labor. That is why I'm here. You know what I mean? Is I want to feel safe. And in this very uncertain times right now, with um, you know, the hospitals and, and, and all these other situations that are going on, it's it everyone's looking for some sort of refuge or a place to feel safe. So yeah. my job as doula is to have that go with have that place originate within. Right? And to show that because I'm acknowledging that. I see you. I feel you. I hear you. You're safe here. You know, I don't judge you. Those certain things will make anybody step forward oh. into their life and take an active role in it. Yeah, absolutely. That puts them in a, a pace. All of those elements. Yes. Yes. And in your experience, it's amazing. Has the dynamic been uh, with your interactions with doctors and there at the medical facilities uh, are they cooperative or how what what is your experience with that and do they tend to cooperate and work with doulas you know it i'm gonna say that the global globally i feel like the conversation around doulas is changing so but in that in that process you're still dealing with people that absolutely get it and people that are absolutely intimidated by it Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I've run into too. There's, there's do there's doctors that just get it. They're like, Oh my God, you're the best thing since sliced bread. And there's other people that are like, this is my room because they feel threatened. They feel threatened because they know for one, that this mama is not, not going to be, <laughs> you know, easily minute, easily pushed around that there's someone that's watching what they do and what they don't do. And that would put pressure on anyone, but I'm not there to put pressure on them. Right. I'm there to, be there for my client I'm not there for that but a lot of times it feels like that for them and I'm I I go in with the energy of you know I'm not here to prove anything to you guys me and my client have our own thing going on okay so I'm not trying to I'm not here to make you love us as doulas or not but I am here to be a true and authentic representation of who I am and what I'm here you know the work that I'm called to Mm -hmm. right right and then that's fabulous that you keep that position uh and still have the respect 
and and uh, diplomacy to work with them, but at the same time show that you are standing firm and you know uh, what what your place is and what you're entitled to for in regards to your client. Right, right. right. I love that. I yeah. I think that you know I've run into some some medical staff that's not always super cooperative. You know, and they're mm-hmm. not they're worried about the accountability that comes with it. Um. The, the, it's like uh, I know that this person knows knows something, and they also have another advantage of of uh, I guess it would be considered power or influence because this client is going to listen to this doula. They're not going to always listen to me. I'm going to say something, and then when I leave, they're probably going to say something to them, and that's true because that's our role. We're here to enforce the plan, and we're here to support a mom, and it shouldn't be a threat to anyone else. You know, but I can understand that it can be overwhelming for anyone to feel like someone is watching them a little bit closer with a little bit different of intention than maybe someone else. But, you know, I stand with my clients and I trust their decisions. And, I, and I'm always like this, as long as you're on their side, we'll never have a problem. And I mean that. And, and that's just how it's been. So you know, you got to know how to handle the the medical staff and, and other people, even family, you know, stuff like that. You just want to be able to handle the situation in the best interest of your client. And sometimes that means not saying anything. And so other times that means absolutely speaking up. That's great. That's great. And with the notable recognition of, of course, COVID-19, how has this social situation affected your presence of physically being with your client on their appointments leading up to the delivery? Yeah, so COVID COVID has been everywhere, right? Um, It's been interesting. I don't always attend uh, prenatal appointments like with the doctors, uh, with my clients often, unless asked or unless I become the primary uh, birth partner. Um, Mm -hmm. But it has helped me by going, it's affected me by going virtual more. I do a lot more um, video calling. I do a lot, you know, of those things. And it's helped me to be a little bit more creative with my work. So I'm now like setting up the scene, right? When we're doing comfort measures or doing birth ball activities, I have like a whole, like a semi-stage set up. So it's like, this is what we're doing today. So I've had to get extremely creative so that it's as if, I'm in the living room with them, even though I'm not in the living room with them, but it's a way of um, connecting them to their own experience. So it's kind of nice because people are in their homes, they're a little bit more relaxed and we can just connect, right? And luckily for me, I grew up in a time before social media and I knew that conversation was a big part of it, right? It helps you to embody what you truly believe. And I feel like I've been thriving in COVID through, through all of this, I've had about five virtual births since then, since all of this has started. Um, and I, you know, I still go see some of my local clients, though, you know, I adhere to the guidelines, but there's just some stuff that you just cannot get on online. You just cannot get over the phone and that's physical touch. And they need that. You know, so those are things that happen. I go by, I give them a hug. I let them know that I love them and I see them and I am available. You know, we go over comfort measures in person. So they know what the heck it's supposed to feel like, (laughs) you know, things like that. But I can definitely say it's had an impact, but it hasn't stopped anything. 
Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. yeah, so speaking of technology, what role does it play, say, if the uh, the husband or the spouse, significant other, cannot really be there for the actual birth? What beautiful role has technology played in that? We've talked about this a little bit, uh, but to actually have technology in place to where they can experience the birth, even if they're on the other side of, of the world. Yeah, you know, the, I love technology, okay? I am a huge advocate for it. I think it's cool. And in, in, in the place, the way that it, you know, has influenced or uh, helped in the birthing experience, I just had a birth most recently where I had a family, uh, the husband, as a matter of fact, was overseas. And his wife was here and I was the chief um, birth partner for this person. And we, I, I dialed him up on video call and was like, hey, we're here. <laughs> it's go time. We're at the hospital. Everything's going on. And he was able to speak to her, talk to her, coach her. She could see him. He could see her. And it was able to really, really bridge the gap of connection. Sure, she couldn't feel his hand on her head, but she could feel mine and she could hear his intention. And that mm -hmm. was able to change dramatically the entire experience for her. It was very wild. It was, it was beautiful. It was an asset, you know? And even if it wasn't such an extreme case of like an overseas thing, but just being able to connect family at a time where maybe you can't see them has been, uh, it's just been such a dramatic thing. People are wanting to connect now. And I think that's yeah. been the most crucial part in birth and otherwise, is people are doing what they can to remain connected, you know, it's cool. Right, and I think that's priceless. You know, it only happens once. It's one of those, a captured moment mm -hmm. or you'll never see it again type thing. Right. Uh, so, I mean, just it's it, you can't put a price on that experience to have technology in place to where you can vision. You're not physically there, like you said, to touch her hand or to, uh, you know, caress her scalp or whatever it is that she needs. Right. But still there virtually. Right. Right. And it's just been amazing. Like, you know, I have a friend of mine who was a doula. Um, she's been a doula for the past 25 years. Right. So she was back in the day when there were pay phones. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was just a whole nother world and she still got it done, you know? So it's, it's really amazing to see the progress of it all and to see, mm -hmm. yeah, now, like I said, like, okay, it can't, maybe it's not your mom's hand for any reason, right? But it is mine. It is someone else's. We're there for you. You know, uh, right now, doulas aren't really allowed in the hospital if there's going to be a birth partner present. So I've been doing a lot of virtual stuff, being be it video calling or um, or doing just phone calls. So, yeah, it, it's it's been a great thing. Really, really great. I don't. Yeah, I think it's going to, you know, kind of forever change the experience now for people. Yes, absolutely. So and. What are, would you say are the top three memories you would want your clients to take away from you and their pregnancy memories? You know, okay. I think that I want my clients to walk away from their pregnancy experience and say, that was fun. 
<laughs> I could probably <laughs> do this again. Um, oh my, you know, like that, that's a real feeling. I want them to be proud. Super proud. No matter the way that the birth went, no matter any of those things, not to let those things be the quantifier of, of, of their experience, just to say, doggone it, I did it. My baby is here. They're beautiful. I love them. And I want mm -hmm. them to take away that they were supported. They were celebrated. They were loved. They were, they were there and that this did happen. And they did it. That's it. Like, I just want them to have a good time in their pregnancy. I want you to remember joyous moments of your labor. Everyone talks about the pain of all of it. I'm like, yo, but do you remember when we danced though? They're like, yes, I do remember. It's a fond memory. You know, mm -hmm. I want them to have those moments that they can look back on and truly smile from their heart and say, yeah, I really was there and this really did happen. It's great. Wow. How fulfilling is that? That's how you walked me through that whole experience and uh, actually see that memory and that that'll be with her forever. Yeah. You're a part of a legacy as doulas. Like I, I taught, I teach my students and, and I talk about it when I talk about like the expansion work and stuff is that I don't, I don't know if people grasp what you're actually doing, the weight of it all, but we're a part of a legacy here. We yes. are going to forever be written to the good or to the bad, hello, in someone's experience of how they look at their child from now until forever. When they recall how they were being supported, loved, cared for during a time where they felt the most out of control. We are written forever in their story. When they get pregnant again, or if their daughter gets pregnant, or if their friend or their neighbor gets pregnant, you know what they're going to say? You should probably call a doula. Matter of mm. fact, I know the doula that you should call. Or I remember 20 years ago when you were born and I had this doula and her name was Natasha and she held my hand as you made it through. Those are things that are going to always be spoken about. It's a weight, but it's also a privilege it's an honor and I cherish it. I value it. It's like, a, it's like a secret society, man, but it's really beautiful. I love it so much. Yes, this is, this is amazing. I, I don't know. I didn't really know what a doula was, but you know, hearing you talk about it, this is like critical that yeah. you not only hire a doula, but have the right one. Right. And determine the outcome of a lot of things. Totally totally yeah I don't I always think it's so so important that we just take a moment to think about it mm -hmm. if, if we're allowed to consider it why not consider it right you know like let's let's think about it could I benefit from having someone like I, I talk to moms and they're always like I, oh I've heard moms say I don't need help and I always stop them and say I understand but would you want it would you want mm -hmm. someone there? And that answer is often different than the first. Sure, I yeah. would want someone there. Sure, I would. Well, great. I'm here. Let's birth. I'm here. Yeah. Let's take care of this baby. I'm here. Let's go to the grocery store for the first time with your newborn. Because you, you were terrified to go to the grocery store alone with your baby. Small mm -hmm. things that mean the most. 
that's why I'm here. Absolutely. That, that is beautiful. That is just so incredible to really put that into perspective for a lot of people where we grow up and we learn how to be independent and we give the answer all the time or a lot of times, no, I'm fine. I don't need any help. And that's the answer. But when you reword it the way that you do, it, it gives space for a different response. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because a lot of yeah. times people think about when you say I need help, that they're lacking. Remember back to that, I am enough. Am I enough? I got to be enough sort of conversation. And it's not even about that. Do you want it? Would you like it? That's not even a question of enoughness. It's just preference. Mm -hmm. I would rather go through my labor with someone than without. I would rather have someone coming and helping me with my baby than not to. I would rather, you know, those are the questions. When my, when, when their partners are talking, you know, would you like to, like, I always joke about labor when, uh, you know, they always have hesitancy, right? They're like, I don't know if we need a doula. I'm like, do you plan on going to the bathroom at all? Would you like to be (laughs) able to go to the bathroom or know that your wife is okay? And they're just like, yeah. Oh, okay. Just wanted to see, you know, because it's the small things. It's not about a threat to who you are or your position or your strength or your wholeness. This is an asset and an alliance to it and that's just what it is that's what I teach yeah. that's what I promote that's what I stand for mm-hmm. yeah that that is just beautiful it's it's that learning the the language and the communication I believe to let a person know I'm not attacking your enoughness I'm just asking you with, with a little bit of assistance would this make the situation a lot better you that's a different question altogether right right and it's one sorry maybe been blessed to see born from beginning uh up until she she gives birth how many babies have you experienced how many mothers to be have you experienced that with ah okay so to date i'm at about 25 i think or almost 25 Um, And that was either through like uh, vaginal delivery or through surgical birth. Um, But I've cared for about 50 families postpartum. So I'm getting my numbers, you know, Um, I've seen and and been a part of quite a few births and all of them are always magical. All of them. And that's, that's been cool. That is just, like you said, your legacy, that portfolio, you it's priceless that's that's 25 or 75 different stories to carry to to be a part of you know it's and then they're gonna tell people so you're just a part of of a of a greater greater tapestry of work mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. beautiful <laughs> you only work on an expansion or mentorship program. This is the good stuff right here to, to really spread this beautiful uh, gift of, of, of being a doula. Can you give us a little more information on that? Yeah. So when I got out of, when I got out of my training, right, I, I felt like I got enough from what the training was. Um, it was mm-hmm. great. It answered a lot of questions. It helped, you know, solidify a lot of things. But there was also some holes in the training. And there's going to be holes in any amount of training, whether you go to college or not. You know, you're just there to get the foundation. 
it's up to you how you want to fill it in. Right. And so I began, I didn't really have anyone to mentor me when I first got out of school or anything out of the classes. Um, so I like, I became that I became the mentor that I wanted. I wanted to bring mm -hmm. people into birth. I wanted to help, um, doulas understand this, this higher call, this other call to what this is all about, right? So I am developing an expansion program. Um, uh, I will, yeah, a mentorship program that is designed to help equip these doulas out here, both new doulas and also veteran doulas with some skills and the tools, um, as well as some confidence, you know, confidence and support on this path. It's mm -hmm. not, sometimes it can feel a little bit like a lonely island as a doula, because you have your way of doing things and other people have their way of doing things and you're just not always sure how to move forward. I'm all about breaking down those walls and building up the bridges so that we can, you know, knit together a little bit better. So I am working on this, this work. It's, it's called the patchwork program. And I, and I call it patchwork because like the quilt, right? The quilt is many different squares. A patchwork quilt is many different squares, many different textures, colors and sizes and all those things, but they're knitted together by a common bond, whether it is supporting mm -hmm. mothers, whether it is being there for the babies, all of those things. And this isn't just for doulas. This is for anyone that supports birth in any way. You know, I want, I want more professions that, uh, that have an impact on birth and pregnancy to know what it is like to support during birth and pregnancy, what is actually going on holistically or within, you know, in a more all encompassing way. So my patchwork program, yes, I am. I'm super proud of it. I am here to empower those in the position of affecting birth and mothers and families um, to, to help them take their place. Their sacred place is like a protector and an advocate. And for them to stand and see the beauty and the rebellion that we stand for, because this is kind of a rebellion in a way, because the construct has been built up so tightly over the years um, to kind of oppress and suppress uh, an entire demographic, right? This is a way of saying, I boldly take my place as, <laughs> as a rebel in this cause because I get it. I'm there to show Beautiful. doulas their value, the power of their presence. So, I'm super excited about the patchwork program, hoping to be finished with that one before the end of the year and taking um, in new mentees and also some co-educators on this uh, to bring a more comprehensive uh, approach to this education. Very excited by it. Yes, indeed. Well, this is this is incredible. It kind of goes with what we talked a little bit about holistic and the natural way of doing things. And I think that in general, we're kind of going, like we talked about uh, on a previous conversation, like back to the future. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, and it, it just seems like things are really going back to the more natural, simplistic ways of mm -hmm. doing things across the board, especially in the holistic, alternative, homeopathic mm -hmm. profession and field of work. Absolutely. And my question to you is, what do you think the future holds in bringing back a more natural, high-touch experience to pregnancy and delivery? Yeah, I, I love that. I love the whole back to the future thing. There's a, um, there is a 
saying of, of Sankofa, which is the bird that flies forward by looking back, right? You have to look oh. back to your roots. You have to go back to the future so that you can, you can take what was traditional, what was more rooted, more natural, and all of those things and bringing it straight forward because that's who we are. We are of the earth. We are of, you know, that first matter. So we have to have a way of looking back to it, bringing ourselves uh, from that place all the way forward because that's who we really are in essence. So the future looks bright. The future looks bright if we're able to get more in tune, more connected, more rooted to ourselves during pregnancy, during delivery. Shoot, even in getting pregnant, fertility, let's talk about it, right? In all of those places, getting a more rooted and a more connected vibe brings in all that you're asking for. There's a quote that I read that says, birth is not about making baby. It's about making mothers, strong, competent, capable mothers who trust themselves and know their inner strength. That right there speaks to the effect of a more integrated pregnancy and labor experience, a more integrated um postpartum experience it's like i'm not here to just catch your baby i'm here to catch you too i'm not here to just be here for the wedding and not here to help you throughout the relationship like you get it like i'm not here for those moments and not for the other parts because the other parts are affected by these initial parts so it's 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 it looks bright. I'm very excited for what is to come and what is happening in the world right now. People are looking to connect. They're wanting to touch and be touched. And, and this is that. This is that at its, at its root and its core, a more integrated, loving, touch-filled <laughs> um, experience to nurture you, to bring you back to the future, from the future, all the things. It's great. Really. Exactly. I would agree 100% to bring back that that human touch. You know, we had the whole high tech, which we greatly appreciate, the high touch industry for maybe the last 20 plus yeah. years or so, close to now. Uh, and getting back into the high touch from the high Tech back to high touch, and I really do believe that COVID uh, can play a big part in this. Uh, we're kind of hit blindsided with this, but one of the blessings that did come out of it, or is still coming out, is the fact that we need to get back to humanity and being mm-hmm. human again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's it's definitely what's what's being called up, right? That's that's. I think that's uh, in a way. I think that's the the Earth Mother speaking. That's saying, hey, don't forget. Yes. Don't you remember that? Like, like, I feel like it's a conversation that a mom would have with her child. It's like, go outside. Just take your shoes off and go stand outside. Just go run in the grass. Go jump in a puddle. I need you to remember what it was like back when. And that's what this has been for me. I've sat back and I'm just like, okay. I remember what it was like before we had cell phones. Because I actually do remember what it was like before we had cell phones. 
and when conversation mattered in a different way. Like, so this is, it's, you're absolutely right. You're hitting it right away. High touch is what everyone is actually looking for and thinking that they could find it always in high tech. But high tech has its place too. But it's not the only place. Absolutely, absolutely. And to kind of drive that home is we had Earth Day uh, a few oh, weeks yeah. ago and it things so different to a lot of people. Even the, the uh, feed on Facebook was a little non-traditional and I believe that having that day, Earth Day is every day, mm -hmm. of course, but uh, we kind of see that different now to really take care of Mother Nature and Mother mm -hmm. Earth and happen to be in the time, which there is no coincidence, that we're experiencing this um, situation among our yeah, society. For sure. Just to be able to watch nature and, and animals and all of these things come back to previously uninhabited or uninhabitable spaces has been phenomenal no like I've sat back and I'm like so you're telling me that there used to not be animals in this particular space of water or, or, or land and they're coming back they're they're flying uh. back here just from a couple of weeks mm -hmm. of you staying in your house of you doing whatever mm -hmm. needed to be done within of you figuring out another way this is how we do it look at the earth it rejoices in our absence because it's going to keep going so i loved it i'm i'm mm -hmm. i'm embracing the fullness of this time and what it's calling out and and i think it's cool it really is yeah it really is and we could go a lot more deeper right. with that with you know the whole spiritual behind it as well but definitely naturally you know, if the rainforest and all the toxicity and just like you said, within like two weeks to a month or two, the drastic yeah. changes just in, you know, 30 yeah. days. It, it was just absolutely yeah. amazing what it did with. So I'm in agreement mm -hmm. with you. Yes. So uh, talking a little bit about having a career, if someone is on the, the call right now on listening in and they're really attracted to becoming a doula, what would you say or encourage in terms of having it as a career and what are the monetary benefits, the compensation in this particular profession? Yeah, um, I'm, so, I'm, I'm so glad that right now, and I, and I do say glad, that there are no active governing bodies in the United States over how doula business is run. So although there's some programs out there where, you know, it's state to state or whatever, um, or uh, not even really state to state, really city to city, um, you know, programs that are being launched and there's different uh, different guidelines within those. There's no true active governing body over this work. And I'm glad about that because what that does is that allows us as doulas and, and those in the profession to really set the rate at, the, at their value. So you can grow in this business. Maybe you're starting off, you don't know a lot about a lot <laughs> that's going on and you may start off a little lower. That gives people who maybe have never had a doula access to one, right? Um, and you're able to grow with it. So as you begin to get more value, do more trainings, add to your experiences, have more births, all of these certain things, um, then your, your opportunities expand. So I think that the sky isn't even the limit. You know, you really can do great things in this work. 
Um, but you definitely want to charge at your value and understand that your value is not always based in how many births you've sat at, but that does play a part for some people. You could have sat at no births and be worth amazing because of what you have done. Like me, I don't have any children, right? But this is, that doesn't make me any less of a doula. Some people think that it might, I don't. I think that it makes me who I am and it works. So don't ever feel discouraged by it. I think go for it, go for it. Get in touch with me, get in touch with other doulas in your community. Start having the conversations, figure out if this is really for you. And if it is for you, how can you bring your best self to it? Because the money, the financial aspect of it will take care of itself once you're clear about what you're here to do. Mm -hmm. Excellent, excellent. Well, this has just been an incredible conversation, so enlightening. Uh, we've learned so much about doulas and the role that it, it plays within the life of motherhood and really anyone that's involved with the families who has a pregnant lady in the home and definitely appreciate all of your wisdom and everything. If you could leave just a few tips or a word of encouragement or wisdom for our listeners today, what would that yeah, be? Um, to the listeners today, I'm sending you strength and positivity, especially those who are due to deliver or expecting or soon to be pregnant or whatever, um, whatever's coming. I feel your babies and the strength and the excitement that's coming there. So enjoy these next months or weeks or days. Your hours are approaching. Go into your delivery with the energy of the ancestral mothers. Call them to be with you as you prepare. Anoint your clothing with protective oil and intentions. Uh, make yourself a nice bracelet that makes you feel goddessy and empowered and safe, right? Open yourself up to this experience. These little guys, these little babies that are coming through, they have their whole, like a whole other agenda in mind for themselves and for you as caretaker. Allow it to become what it is. Keep their birthing space sacred. No unnecessary people polluting the energy. No stress, okay? Leave the past in the past and let, let them know that you are ready by staying present to their presence. Do all that you can not to go into your delivery with fear. There is nothing to fear for you are the God and goddess in this scenario and your baby will take care of themselves. You just have to create the environment to let them come earthside. So I thank you guys for listening today. And um, thank you to Justina for having me um, and discussing this work. Wonderful. Now, if you can leave any information, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, your contact information, website, I know you have a few links, uh, definitely on social media, uh, Facebook, but how can they reach you in different ways? Yeah, so if you wanted to email me, that's totally fine. My uh, my email is the is right doula, W-R-I-G-H-T-D-O-U-L-A, the number four the letter U at gmail.com. If you could put in the subject line doula podcast, I'll know that you heard me from here. That would really be great. You can also find me on Facebook at the right W R I G H T doula. Uh, it's purple. So when you find it, it'll be there. Also to uh, my website is the right doula co. 
com. It'll be up and ready by this summer. So I look forward to like reading your emails and connecting with you all. And if you're not able to get me on any of those places, you can always text or call my phone, uh, 346-400-2979. Well, wonderful, wonderful. And all of this will be posted underneath in the comments, by the way, on my Facebook page. And I'm sure that uh, Natasha's gonna share it as well on important pages of hers as well. And if you have any questions, definitely feel free. We invite feedback and comments either below or my podcast page is a delicious dose of well-being. And I'll have that also in the comments as well. And feel free to inbox or leave a message there. But I would just like to thank you, Natasha, for such an enlightening conversation today and for letting us know about what you're doing to contribute to motherhood and taking this whole natural movement back to where it was at one point in time. It's, it's just beautiful and, and a, a priceless career. We'll look forward to Thank having you, so you back, much. you know, with some updates and, you know, as things evolve and change and, and thank you so much and God bless you and, and the mothers that you will be taking care of in the future and past mothers to be uh, the relationships to grow and you get to know the, the children and, and all of that, knowing that you were a part of that. That's just priceless. And I appreciate you sharing. Thank with you us so today. much. And um, this platform is amazing. So I appreciate you as well. And I will, I love to come back whenever you want. <laughs> okay, Natasha, this will definitely not be the only no. time. <laughs> okay, wonderful. And thank you, everyone listening in for tuning in. Invite friends. Uh, to to listen to this podcast this is extremely a, a really a, a one of i think one of the key ones to really listen to to see where the future is going if you're interested in a career in health and wellness and that's what we represent here on these podcasts uh to something to consider is becoming a doula as well to add to the other beautiful careers and gifts that we contribute to the world so thank you for listening everyone have a great rest of your thursday and a great weekend and we will be back next week talk to you soon bye-bye bye for now